At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. With myself, Greg Eats Peterson. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. This is going to be a two-part podcast as we're going to be joined in segment number two by Matt Joseph, better known as Mid-Major Matt. He is going to be joining us to discuss a little bit about what we've seen with West Virginia. We've got still quite a few guys out there in the transfer portal like Joe Toussaint, like James Oconquo, Mr. Wagyu is out there as well. So just how that roster is shaping up, what to expect from West Virginia. What is going to be a really tough Big 12, what it means that Trey Mitchell is heading on over to Kentucky, but we're also going to be taking a look at some mid-majors as well. He is based out there in Richmond, and I know that he hosts a radio show for the ESPN affiliate out there in the city of Richmond, Virginia, so we're going to be diving in on them, just taking a look at the lay of the land on that front, and we're also going to be taking a look at just how to be able to project forward, how to do some of your off-season research when it comes to teams that they play a very consistent style year in and year out, like Liberty, you know that they're going to be playing that super slow pack line style of defense. You know that they're going to be trying to be efficient on offense, but at the same time, they aren't really going to be speeding themselves up. We're also going to be taking a look at how you can gain a little bit of advantage by some of these books that might not be setting their totals in line enough with where a coach is coming from. Like some of these D2 coaches have come up and they had their team scoring like 85 points per game at the D2 level. They look to implement their style and sometimes you're able to catch a book snap in there. So we're going to be taking a look at those angles with our good friend and main major man in segment number two. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gdn underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Naming does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Because I did a conference preview yesterday, now we are very much in more preview mode. It is now early July, so a lot of these transfer moves have been made. There's going to be a few stray ones, and some of them might have a little bit of impact. Obviously, those West Virginia guys like Joe Tucson and company, we're going to be keeping our eye on, but now it's time to get a little bit more of a feel for some of these teams because... Well, the news and notes is very dry because I have to do the previous 48 hours of news and notes since I did my Colonial Conference preview yesterday. And the only thing that we missed was the fact that Marcus Watson, who was actually out there in the CAA last year, North Carolina A&T, he's back in the transfer portal. I was at A&T last season, and this is part of the reason why I had A&T dead last in my projector or finish. They lost each other top six scores from a season ago. He was able to provide last year 14 points, four and a half boards, right around two assists per contest. Not necessarily a great three-point shooter, but really good versatility. 
over at six foot six, a former top 100 recruit. So we are going to see what gems lie ahead for him, where he might be heading. But that's pretty much all we missed. So we are starting to run dry there. Now we're able to get down to a little bit more brass stacks, take a look at some of these angles for the upcoming season. So please do send in questions if you do have them, because I feel like we've got a very good feel of a lot of these rosters right now. No doubt we're going to be seeing some moving parts. But coming up next, we're going to be talking a lot about some of these mid-majors, how you're able to find some advantages when it comes to coaching moves and talking about the West Virginia ordeal with Matt Joseph. That's on the flip side right here on Chris Seats with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston family life. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Vegas, but this is with myself, Greg Ames Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by our guest as Matt Josephs. You know him better as Ben Major Matt. He does absolutely tremendous work. I know that he's getting set for the college football season, which the first week of the college football season, I refuse to call it week zero because I think it's a stupid name. So we're going to call it the opening weekend. It is coming up before you know it. I know that he's doing great work with Athlon Sports, taking a look at college football win totals. I know that all 12 months out of the year, he does a great job following this game that we all know and love in college basketball. And on top of that, he wants to show over for the ESPN radio affiliate in Richmond, Virginia. And 
You're able to follow my Twitter at MinMajorMatt all together. And Matt, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. No problem. As you said, college basketball never takes a backseat. Always something going on in this beloved sport. Absolutely. And if you're currently being rate limited by Twitter, save one of those tweets that you're able to read for Matt. Because those are few and far between at this point with the way that that thing is going on. But with that said, we've got a lot to talk about in the college basketball world, Matt. And most of it involves West Virginia right now. As we know, last few weeks have been very tumultuous with the unexpected departure of Bob Huggins. The whole situation busted out. Not great to say the least. They hold on to a lot of players that might have entered into the transfer portal with Josh Eiler coming in. So a few guys going through it. But all in all, how do you evaluate West Virginia? Because I do think that there no doubt needs to be a downgrade because they have lost a few guys in the transfer portal, including Trey Mitchell. They may or may not be losing the likes of James Okonkwo and Joe Toussaint, guys like that that are going through the transfer portal. But all in all, I think that if they would have tried to make a wholesale change to someone like an Andy Kennedy or something like that, it would have been worse for this season rather than going the interim route. Well, yeah, and it's funny because we talk about the guys who are leaving, but bringing the assistant coach in has kept Kirk Creasa. And you can argue outside of Jesse Edwards, Kirk Creasa is, is one of the most important people that West Virginia has brought in. And who knew that Kerr's loyalty to assistant coaches in the past would keep him at the school? I think the, the school has done the best possible job. Yes, you mentioned a couple of guys who are leaving. And Joe Tucson is a guy that certainly you want to you know have for the future. And he's a nice piece and everything. But considering the circumstances, circumstances, considering how late this happened and considering what could have happened with the other guys potentially leaving, I think West Virginia did the best job possible. Yeah, I think that they did a good job being able to keep things all together, being able to retain, it seems like Kirk Carissa, Jesse Edwards. I think that that's big. And it's not like they're losing the main fulcrum of this team. The Trey Mitchell loss is big. There's no question about that. And you probably do want to be retaining Someone like Wagyu, who's currently in the transfer portal, James Conquo, because that would be quite a bit of the post presence for the scene. But having that main point guard and having a guy that's able to get you a double-double, that's big, especially in a Big 12 where, I mean, it's just a brutal conference in general because if West Virginia was in, say, the Pac-12 or something like that, they would still probably be a top three team in one of those sorts of conferences. But they do take a little bit of downgrade, in my opinion, just because The Big 12 is just so stinking brutal. Yeah, it is. Continuity, though, that I think with the assistant coach. Now, obviously, look, there's a lot of guys, as we talked about, there's some transfers that still are staying, and they have to learn the new system. But being able to have those guys, you just kind of expect maybe West Virginia starts a little slow and everything, and so their non-conference may not be as good. But I think this is a team that could upset the, the top teams at home. We know how tough it is to play in Morgantown, West Virginia, especially when the team is good. So West Virginia could be one of those, uh, you know, sell early, buy low, later type of teams coming up for the college basketball season. And I do think that those are some of the more interesting teams to be able to gauge because when you do have a lot of moving parts in West Virginia, going to be one of those teams that have a lot of moving parts. They are teams that can oftentimes provide a lot of bang for your buck fading early and then being able back late as joining me on the show. We do have Matt Josephs, better known as mid-major Matt. And I do think that one of those teams as well might be Kentucky. They really needed someone in the transfer portal. And as I've said on this show a few times, it feels like they went rear end backwards into this one, but they get Trey Mitchell, a guy that I remember at UMass. He was able to average his sophomore year around like 17 points per game. 
at between six foot eight, six foot nine, was about a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. How big did you think this was for Kentucky? Because I would have rather seen them get a veteran guard rather than a veteran big man, but just in general. They horribly needed experience. They horribly needed someone in the transfer portal to go along with a very talented freshman class coming in. And being able to get someone like Dre Mitchell this late in the process was a godsend for them. Well, and I think he's a body, too, for a team that did not have a lot of guys on the roster entering the season. And it's one of those things I feel like, A, it's a very prestigious program in Kentucky. And it's, B, a team that has a lot of scholarships available. So naturally, it was a nice fit for Trey Mitchell. It's almost like one of those things where, you know, in a salary cap league, you're like, oh, well, I'm the only team with salary cap money left. So, oh, yeah, you're going to join me. Yes, you're right. Kentucky probably would have liked to have gotten him earlier in the uh, in the process and everything. But, you know, this is a roster that was so deficient on anybody that wasn't a freshman on the roster completely. And obviously Reeves coming back, that's pretty big as well. But yeah, Trey Mitchell, it's interesting because, you know, obviously what, this is his fourth team. I mean, you know, there's reasons why he didn't work out in the other places. So that's something you kind of want to be leery about. But John Calipari will certainly do his best to keep him happy in, in Kentucky. Yep, I think that he's going to as well. And what do you think your overall expectations are going to be for Kentucky? Because once again, the talent is there for Kentucky. All of those freshman guards that they're bringing in, they're tremendous. But we always see it with Kentucky. When they are built around one-and-done players, they typically struggle. Even back when they had Anthony Davis and company, they still had a little bit of backcourt experience when they were able to win that national championship. And I would argue that they were really the lone team out of those Kentucky bunches that were under John Calipari that had a ton of success really going exclusively that one and done route. But I do take a look at Kentucky and the talent is certainly there. And you were talking about West Virginia perhaps being a sell early by late team. I think that that could be a little bit of a case for Kentucky as well. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to take them early, especially when they have some of their bigger games, because this is a team that they're going to play a lot of tough opponents early and they're going to look overwhelmed. I think there's going to be one game where they probably steal it because, you know, the freshmen have talent. It's a team that I probably won't touch as much early on. I'll be interested in sometimes their opponent, especially at home, because when you've got really good freshmen and you've got a bad opponent coming into your building, there's times where you might let down. So a, you know, lower level team might cover a 25, 30 point spread in that situation but yeah if he can get things going a little bit John Calipari I think this team could certainly head upwards towards SEC play and there are certainly SEC opponents that they can beat they're probably not up there with the top tier but they're certainly in that second tier and if not the second tier the top 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 of the third tier I do think that a little bit of the problem is because with the SEC you just mentioned it they're likely a second tier or the very top of the third tier this is just a conference in general the last few seasons I feel like has really gotten better. I like what Auburn has been able to do this offseason. I like the fact that Mississippi State is bringing back Tolu Smith. Georgia is not going to be a good team this year, but they're getting better and better by the year since they got rid of Tom Crean, guys like that. LSU, I like some of the moves that they've made. I just take a look up and down the SEC and I feel like this conference has gotten so much better over the last few seasons. And it's funny because you can almost look at, and obviously this is the first year of the ACC-SEC Challenge, and you look at some of the matchups, and it's one of those things where, you know, they always want to put the best of the best against each other. And there's a lot of matchups where this conference matches up well with the ACC. You've got Alabama and Arkansas, as you mentioned, Auburn, Florida. Tennessee is always going to hang around until March. So, yeah, I think this conference is getting a lot better, and it's getting a lot deeper. And part of that is because of the coaching that's there 
and the recruiting that some of the lower teams are able to do to at least bridge the gap somewhat and make it not as big as it usually is. I do think that, to your point, the coaching that has come in, it has been very good, Jerry. Sackhouse, in my opinion, has done a pretty solid job over at Vanderbilt as well. That's been able to help out a tad. So, all in all, I do think that things are trending upward for that conference as joining me on the show. We do have Matt Josephs, better known as Ben Major Matt. And Matt, I'm not sure if you heard it, but a few weeks ago, I actually did do my Atlantic 10 conference preview on this podcast. And I do fear that it might be a little bit of a rough year for the A-10. Once again, I know that you're out there in Richmond, Virginia. Obviously, you've got the Spiders in, your neck of the woods, you've got VCU as well. Just what do you make out of the conference of the Atlantic 10 in general? Because I do take a look at the conference and there are a lot of losses and it's a lot of teams that typically you don't expect to be teams towards the top that have really been able to rise up. And I do feel like even though there are some concepts, like I still think that VCU is going to be very good this year. I do feel like we're also seeing a little bit of a passing of the torch in this conference with some of the bottom teams being able to rise up. This is why I've always said on my show here that VCU needs to schedule better out of conference. And they will so far. They've got Memphis in Richmond. They've got uh, Temple in Richmond. They play in that ESPN Invitational Tournament, potentially against Penn State, which would be awesome. Potentially against Virginia Tech, which be which would be awesome. I think last year they almost came into the season saying, well, we'll play a, good non-con- a decent non-conference schedule, but we'll get a lot of it back when it comes to the Atlantic 10. And guess what? The Atlantic 10 let them down and if VCU doesn't win the conference they may not have been dancing last year so I've always said for this conference and and obviously Bernadette McGlade has to do this as well these teams need to schedule better and perform better non-conference wise you look at Dayton who's usually traditionally a power they've lost a couple guys losing Blakeney to Old Dominion losing Mongolian Mike to San Francisco which I think is a great pickup for them luckily got you know Deron Holmes back but they also lost Amseal so, you know, Dayton may not be as good as they usually are. Richmond is not as good as they usually are. George Mason is going through a whole bunch of things. They brought some good kids in, but are they going to be able to pick up a new system pretty quickly? So it's usually a conference where you could find one or two good teams, but this year and last year, you just couldn't do it, and it nearly bit VCU by not scheduling better. I do think that they're getting a little bit costed by that because I just take a look at the landscape of really the non-power sixes. And I take a look at a conference like the American with all of the realignment, and that I really think is a conference to watch out for, bringing in the likes of UAB, North Texas, which North Texas I don't think is going to be the same as they have been in past years. You lose Tyler Perry to Kansas State. You lose Graham McCaslin, who I think is going to do a very good job over at Texas Tech, but that's going to be a completely new look conference. You did mention it. It's going to be a matchup between VCU and Memphis, which I think is going to be a good measuring stick for both of those teams and really both of those conferences in general. But I do think that that conference as outside really that big six to watch this year is the American just because there's a lot of intrigue around this conference with there being a bunch of realignment. And I do think that there are some splashy teams like Memphis and Tulane that could really make some noise. Certainly. And it's a bad year to lose the teams that they did, losing a Cincinnati, losing a UCF, losing a Houston. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, I think, is going to be right in the mix, you know, in that second tier of the Big 12. Two of the teams that I think will be interesting, and this will make, you know, decide the AAC in terms of the depth. I think, you know, look, Temple last year is a team that it felt like at times gave up on Aaron McKee. And they had a lot of talent. And granted, look, Damian Dunn uh, went on elsewhere. 
elsewhere. Khalif Battle, Caleb Battle went on elsewhere. Jamil Reynolds went on elsewhere. But they also did bring in Jordan Riley, Piccarelli kid from UMBC, who's a pure shooter. Steve Settle, who was so good in the MEAC conference. And so with a new head coach and a new energy and a couple of kids that's staying around with these transfers, it'll be interesting to see if Temple is a little bit better than they were last year. And then look, Tulsa couldn't have been much worse. And essentially Tulsa lost their whole roster. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because you bring in a Mokita from St. John's and you bring in a Kobe Williams from Louisiana Tech and you've got yourself a little bit of a base there. Maybe Tulsa can play a little bit better this year and not be the absolute, you know, uh, loser when it comes to the rating system and bring everybody else down in the conference. And I've always liked Eric Conkle as a coach as well. I thought that he did good work over at Louisiana Tech. Just a no good, very bad, terrible year from last year at Tulsa. Felt like it was a band of misfit parts. And when you're a new coach in a system like that, you just want to be able to have some sort of takeaways. Unfortunately, it's almost as if he's starting from scratch year and year number two for him. But I do think that he's going to be able to get things a little bit more online. So I do agree with you on that front. And I think that those are going to be two very intriguing conferences to watch out for. But are there any specific teams in terms of mid-major front that you have been really identifying and you've been saying, this is a team that perhaps is going a little bit under the radar. There's not a lot of people talking about them, but you think that there's going to be a lot of value on them this season. People will look at Toledo and see them lose Ray J. Dennis and be like, well, they're not going to be very good. But they got a very nice victory in that their coach, it felt like for a couple hours on Twitter, was going to Charlotte. And then, you know, he comes out and says, no, I'm not going anywhere. They pick up Ben White, a a transfer from William & Mary. They also brought over a kid from overseas who was a very pure scorer. And Toledo's one of those teams that obviously lost a couple of kids. The Milner kid's gone. They also lost some other pieces. Uh, JT Shoemate, who fit in really well. But Toledo seems to always have a really good offense uh, when it comes to college basketball. And then, of course, I think when you look at some of the other teams, maybe in this Conference USA, a Liberty who obviously, you know, they lose one of their biggest and best players. But um, there was some pieces behind Darius McGee that were really good. And now we'll get a potentially a chance to shine. I watched a lot of Liberty games last year. And at times they deferred to Darius McGee, which I would too. Don't get me wrong. But now you've got the kids that will defer a lot. Now they're going to try and take over. And I think in a new conference and a conference with not a lot of great teams, I think Liberty could be one of those squads that takes a nice step up once again and could be a fixture in the NCAA tournament the next couple of years. And how much do you want to take a look at teams like Liberty that we know the style that they're going to play? We know that they are going to be super duper slow. Like each of the past five or six years, they've been in the bottom 50 in terms of total possessions per game. You know what you're going to be able to get there. Obviously with Buffalo, they always play super duper fast. And I mean, it's a little bit of a horse apiece situation as to what you're going to get on offense. But at the very least, you know that they are going to be playing super duper fast. How much do you take a look at those teams and you feel a little bit of assurance betting on them early on in the season because you know that the system is not really changing with them. You mentioned a team like Liberty and you could, you know, for a brief moment, Charlotte was probably going to go from one of the slowest teams to one of the fastest teams. And instead they go and they hire an interim coach from the inside. So you wonder if they're going to continue to be the slow snail like team that they always have been now that Ron Sanchez is gone. You know, you kind of look at some of these coaching changes and continuity is one of those things that you always want to do because 
because you know if a coach has been there for a couple of years, unless he comes out and says something, he's always going to run the same system. Tony Bennett is not going to go into Charlottesville next year and say, all right, we are now going to run on every basket. Continuity is really good. And then also for the ones that don't have continuity, doing some research. If somebody was an assistant coach at a pack line defense or an assistant coach at a team with the blocker mover offense, then you kind of know that they're probably going to bring it with them and that they recruited that at the new spot. So, you know, using this time before the season starts to begin to go and look at where these coaches have come from and look at the style, look at the scores. And, and, you know, are they one of these teams that's kind of an amoeba type team? They'll run with the teams that run. They'll play slow with the teams that play slow. So this is the time to do your research and kind of look over all that stuff. Oh, and I am so glad that you point that out as we've got mid-major Matt joining me right here on Coast to Coast. He does a great job taking a look at college basketball. And I feel like I identified one of these teams that they're probably going to see a total reversal in how they play this year. Like CSUN, who was very slow the last few years. They were under Trent Brown, who we remember over at TCU along with Stanford. They decided to go the D2 route, bring in Andy Newman, who, while he was at Cal State Bernardino at the D2 level, his team was averaging about 88 points per game. I don't think CSUN puts up 88 points per game, but certainly I don't think that they're going to be a team that's in like the bottom 75 in terms of total possessions per game. I want you to take a look at a situation like that, a guy coming up from the D2 level to the D1 level, because we have been seeing quite a bit of that over the last few years and try to extract a little bit of value because I do think that CSUN speaks a lot to what you were talking about and trying to identify where these coaches previously were. Yeah, another case in point is Josh Schertz for Indiana State. What he was able to do offensively in Division Two and bringing that up to Indiana State and not to mention bringing a couple of the kids up as well. You know, he's another guy. And yet, look, no one's going to go and run to Division Two basketball pages and pour over box scores and things like that. You know, you should, but no, not everybody's going to do it. But yeah, and then you kind of look at the recruiting. Like, okay, this guy is a guy in high school that ran and this is a guy that does this and does that. And he fits this offense really well. It's one of those teams that you might look to fade early on until they learn this system, because obviously, even with all the practice, it may take playing another team. That's why I always find it interesting, the debate as to whether or not they should have exhibitions. I know that's something that has been talked about. I know I saw Ohio State and Dayton, I think, are having an exhibition for charity, I believe I saw. But yeah, without actually playing an opponent, learning a system is going to be a little bit difficult when you're going up against the same guys. So early on, I'll be looking to fade teams that are changing styles because it just doesn't go that way. You know, an Army football team and a Navy football team who were triple option for years and now are making slight tweaks and, you know, mixing in the shotgun and things like that, it's not going to work out the first couple of weeks. You're going to need some time to get used to it. Yep, you no doubt are. And we're always used to great insights from you, Matt. You delivered once again on the show today. And love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you. And how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms so that way they can utilize some of the very limited amount of views so that way they can be your work. Certainly at Midmajor Matt on Twitter. And as you mentioned, I'm on ESPN Richmond from three to four. A couple of weeks, I'll be down in Charlotte for ACC Football Media Day. I'll probably be in Charlotte for ACC Basketball Media Day coming up in October or September, whenever that is. And of course, um, you know, as you've talked about, you know, there's times where the, somebody wants to know about a first five inning bet or a pitcher prop or some sort of other prop or anything whatsoever. Feel free to tweet me because as I always say, we have the same goals. We all want to beat the books and certainly I want to do my part to help. Matt certainly does. He does an absolutely incredible job taking a look at the game of college basketball. I know that he is getting set for college football season. Always does a great job on the player prop market when it comes to baseball as well. So 
A big thanks to Matt for joining me on Coast now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you, for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm going to be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. We have not missed a podcast this decade. You're in the offseason looking at the news and notes of college basketball. And now that a lot of transfer news is done, we're going to be diving in on these conference previews. And then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I appreciate you tuning in today, and I will be chatting at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.